0: الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى الصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين استفاء أما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وإذ قال لُقْمَانُ لابنه وهو يعظه يا بني لا تشرك بالله إن الشرك لغلم عظيم صدق الله العظيم Most respected students of deen, mothers and sisters, this ayat of the Quran Sharif mentions a very great personality Hazrat Luqman alayhi salatu wasalam. So the greatness of the personality is itself evident that the Quran Sharif is taking his name and praising him. Luqmani, according to the Mufassireen, the majority of the view that he was not a Nabi of Allah. Ta'ala, but he was a very pious person and a person who Allah Ta'ala had blessed with great wisdom. And so much of wisdom that the Quran Sharif itself is testifying to his wisdom. Allah Allah says, We granted Luqmani Salaam hikmah. So, such a great person that he is being mentioned in the Quran Sharif and the advice that he gave to his son. The Quran Sharif is preserving that for us. So indeed this was a very great person. Once somebody who was his childhood friend and who had not seen him for a very, very long time, who had known him after that and had known him to be merely an Abyssinian slave that was grazing sheep. So he was a very, very ordinary person Doing a very menial task without any kind of status and position in society. He was a person that was not regarded as anybody. And now, this friend of his, who had seen him a very long time ago, one day passed by and he observed and witnessed Luqman that he is seated and there is this gathering around him and they are learning from him and there's so much of respect that they are giving him and then he realizes what a position Allah Ta'ala has blessed this person with blessed Luqman wasalam, with so first he was not even sure is it the same person that I know, that I knew from my childhood days eventually he comes and he asks him are you Luqman? he says yes, are you the same Luqman? who was a slave, grazing sheep, says yes. So he sees from that, asked him, that from that situation, from that level, where you were just an ordinary person, you had no position, no status, nobody regarded you as anything, and you didn't know uh, too much, and now you have reached this position, that you have this great rank in deen, So what brought you from that point to this point? How did you reach this high level? What made you achieve this great position? So Luqmai replied and said that this is not something exclusive to me, it's not only something reserved for me, that only I got this, this is something that you can also get. This is something that is open for everybody. Whoever wants to get it, can get it. But the procedure and the way is that there were three things in particular which I adopted and if you wish to gain this position in the sight of Allah Ta'ala, you wish to also advance in your deen, then you too should undertake these three things. Now this does not mean that a person only does these three things and does not bother about anything else in Deen. The three things are the luxury level. To the higher level when a person will adopt these things, then he'll get that extra benefit out of it. Otherwise, if the person doesn't have, for example, the car itself, one is the vehicle, the engine, the car is there, now there are various other extras in it, luxuries in it Now the person has the luxuries but doesn't have the car he's got a beautiful leather seat but the car is not there so how far that leather seat is going to take him he'll remain right there, he won't be able to go anywhere with it, so he has to have the car first, so the faraiz the wajibad, the sunnat staying away from haram this is fundamental this is the basic there's no get away from this but over and above this, there are certain things that the more we enhance it, the more we improve it, then certain things take a person very far ahead. So Luqman wasalam, is talking about these things, that there is a certain basic level of these aspects as well. But he adopted it at a very high level, perfecting it. And as a result, Allah ta'ala gave him this high position and status. So somebody wants to advance in deen, get close to Allah wa ta'ala, he's giving them the prescription. There's a take it from me. So the first thing that he mentioned was Sidqul Hadith that to be truthful, to speak the truth and to act the truth as well is also included in the Sidq. Speaking the truth This is something which we unfortunately sometimes take for granted that you can cut corners here and there, you can say things which are, you just twist it and turn it in this way or that way and things will get along, no problem, you have to worry too much. Everybody does it, so I am doing it also is no big deal. It is like as if we are saying that everybody is eating poison, so if I also eat poison, so what's the difference? so that is unfortunately the reasoning that we use in many many things to appease ourselves many gunas we get involved in for example somebody is chatting on the phone to some haram contacts some namahrams so now shaitan puts this appeasement in the heart puts this reasoning in the heart to appease yourself that that friend is also doing it, that person is also doing it, everybody seems to be doing it, so if I'm doing it, it can't be too bad. Whereas it is too bad, it's very bad. But now shaitan makes it look like, can't be too serious, because others are doing it. If everybody, Allah forbid, everybody starts doing some wrong, that won't make it right. That is still wrong. So likewise, when it comes to speaking the truth, very, very clearly the truth and in all instances, being truthful, then this is something which is a very great attribute. And a mu'min, a mu'min and lying, these two things can't go hand in hand. A mu'min is always true, but is very true. The Prophet is emphasizing this that be truthful, don't try to distort things, don't try to Twist things and think, well, fine, it's not such a problem. Be clear and be honest. One is that if something, there is a situation where speaking this truth will lead to some problem between two people, for example, you heard somebody make a negative comment. And a negative remark about a third person, so you are sitting and somebody said something about a third person. It's a negative thing. Now that person somehow got some message that I was spoken about and came and asked you, what did so and so tell you or what did so and so speak about me? So now, you heard it, you know about it. So now, in this instance, what are you to do here? you will just brush this aside. Unfortunately, these are the occasions when suddenly we remember that you have to be truthful, so you say, "Must speak it as it is. And I got to say what it is. Well, you know actually what she was saying. She was saying, you got a very long nose, and you are a very, very proud person, and you think too much of yourself, and all the whole lot of stories now, which was rebirth in any case, if it was correct, and otherwise it's Bhutan. So now we were involved in the rebirth by listening to it, and now we are giving it on. We are committing a wrong here. Here we will brush it aside. In some way we will brush it aside and not get involved in that. And we won't say anything. Otherwise where it is something that is pertaining to ourselves. Somebody is asking us did you perform your Salah? The Muallima wants to know from us. Our parents want to know from us. Did you perform your Salah? Now the person is lying. The person is saying something that is untruthful. The person is Distorting and twisting something That is completely wrong Somebody is asking us something In order to correct us, rectify us Now we are twisting and turning That is wrong So one is complete truthfulness Not making anything that is uh, Distorting anything In speaking the truth Sometimes There may be some mujahada upon ourselves something that we will have to be patient about we made a mistake but now we are truthful about it That I made a mistake, this is what happened it was my mistake, I spoke the wrong thing or I did the wrong thing it was my mistake, I am making toba from it in speaking the truth sometimes we might have to bear some kind of maybe reprimand or some kind of restrictions but this will bring long term great good for that moment it might seem a little bit of a challenge but in the long term it will bring tremendous good. It will bring a great deal of good. Hazrat Kaab bin Malik he did not manage to go in Tabuk but there wasn't really a valid reason. When Nabi Sallallahu returned himself and Hilal bin Umayya and Murara bin Rabi' the three of them they came and they spoke the truth. He said, look, we did not have a valid reason. Others came, the munafiqeen came, they made some excuses, lame excuses. Nabi Islam took it on face value. On the surface, he accepted, and he made dua for them, but Allah Ta'ala exposed that. Allah Ta'ala exposed the lie. And Allah Ta'ala made it very, very plain and clear in the Quran Sharif, that يَحْلِفُونَ لَكُمْ لِتَرْضَوْا عَنْهُمْ فَإِن تَرْضَوْا عَنْهُمْ فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا عَنِ القوم That they will come and they will take Qasams in front of you. No, no, I just couldn't make it because of this and because of that, all the lame excuses they will give you. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is now being told that they are making all these lame excuses and taking Qasams so that you may become pleased with them. Even if you become pleased with them, Allah is not pleased with them. Now Allah exposed this in the Qur'an Sharif. Obviously, if Allah Ta'ala is not pleased with them, Nabi Salaam is lost, he's not pleased also. So when the lie was given, that lie got exposed, Allah Ta'ala gives respite. A person sometimes lies. A person does some other haram. Allah Ta'ala doesn't take a person to task immediately. Allah Ta'ala gives respite. No mind, my banda will come back to me. The person made a mistake, he will understand, he will come back. She will come back, she will give up this chatting, she will give up the haram, conversations that she is getting involved in she will give up the listening to that haram to looking at the haram Allah gives some respite but then the time goes on the person starts getting more involved in it and starts now twisting and turning things distorting things Allah forbid, Allah forbid then sometimes that lie gets exposed the lie that we are living the lie that we are speaking the lie that we are acting that lie gets exposed somewhere and it gets exposed in a moment person doesn't know what hit him. Sometimes we think we are getting away with many things. Maybe we are getting away with uh, anything for that matter. For example, now in the madrasa, we are in a madrasa. Many things happen in a madrasa. Some students sometimes think that they are getting away with things. Maybe they are trying to make the moalima a fool. Sometimes in a very sarcastic way they are saying some things and they say, you know, I didn't mean that. So they felt now they got away with it. Because now, when the matter was reported to the maybe the principal or the office or whatever, so they went and said, Never, I didn't mean any such thing. I don't know what is being spoken about. So now, what can be said? That's it. So they thought they got away. But Allah Ta'ala is watching. Allah Ta'ala is watching the heart. Allah Ta'ala is watching everything that we do. <speaking in Hebrew> Allah Ta'ala knows the deception of the eye and what the heart conceals, where the eye is looking. What kind of signs the eyes are making. Sometimes people make signs with the eyes to make others fools, to try and mock others. So Allah Ta'ala is looking at all that. We can't hide that from anywhere. Allah Ta'ala is aware what is in the heart, what the intention is. Outwardly, we will take qasams also. I didn't mean any such thing. But Allah Ta'ala is watching. Allah Ta'ala knows what's in the heart. So now the person felt, I got away one time, I got away two times. Then a person sometimes does something in such a way which becomes exposed. Everybody, others will be even astonished, will be amazed how she did such a thing like this. And and so, in such a manner that she got caught so badly also. But not that she got caught so badly. It is that Allah Ta'ala's respite went away. Allah Ta'ala's respite was taken away, that rope was pulled They say give you rope. But now if the person then understands that this is rope for me, that I should now rectify myself. Then the past also gets covered up. When the person rectifies himself or herself, Allah Ta'ala is most merciful. Allah Ta'ala is most forgiving. Person made some mistakes in his life. Person made some mistakes in her life. But now they are remorseful. They are regretting. Ya Allah, what I did was wrong. I was looking at some haram. I was listening to some haram I was mocking somebody quietly and making it look like I was not involved I was passing some sarcastic remarks and making it look like no I didn't mean that and all these kind of things that carry on so but ya Allah I realize now that all this was my mistake and I am remorseful over it, I sincerely regret it I sincerely repent from it I won't do it again and if you have hurt somebody's feelings in this process you can ask them for maf as well When a person does this, Allah Ta'ala forgives the person also and covers up the past as well. Allah Ta'ala hides it away. Allah Ta'ala is most forgiving. Allah Ta'ala wipes it out of the book of deeds also. It gets erased from the book of deeds. And Allah Ta'ala's mercy is so great, Allah Ta'ala doesn't even ask or command the angels to erase it. Allah Ta'ala erases it by His hukam, by His will. It is just gone. So that on the day of Qiyamah, even an angel also cannot say to anybody, I did you a favor, I erased it. Allah Ta'ala out of His will directly erases it. He doesn't give the instruction to any angel also. and Allah Ta'ala covers up the past, hides it away. But when a person gets bold, gets daring, I can get away with anything. Who can catch me? I'm too smart for everybody. And Allah Ta'ala is giving respite, we are taking that respite in the wrong way. Rather than using that respite to realize our wrong, and before things get too far to come back to Allah, we are getting deeper into it. So then what happens is, that unfortunately, that rope that was given to us, we hang ourselves with the same rope. Now we become daring, we become bold. Now we got away with one Wallima, so we try the same with the next, with the third. Then, with the same Walima ten times and then someday everything crashes so badly that we don't have any face to show anywhere, and neither do our parents have anything that they can say and everybody is totally astounded that what happened but what happened was that the rope of Allah Ta'ala was pulled away the respite was taken away and now everything has crashed so this truthfulness is a very essential thing We were talking about Hazrat Kaab bin Malik and the other Sahaba. They did not come and speak any lie. They did not twist or turn anything. They came and spelt it out. So initially there was some mujahada. For 50 days they were boycotted. They were totally cut off from society. Nobody was talking to them. Nobody was dealing with them. Everybody was told you stay away from them. It was a very difficult thing for them it was more difficult for them than for example being lashed 100 times because nabi is not talking to them this was by the command of allah taala so this was a very difficult thing for them but eventually when they persevered they spoke the truth and they persevered what was the end result their praises came in the quran sharif wa khulifu hatta daqat bima rahubat wa daqat all these ayat refer to these three sahaba. And praising them. That Allah ta'ala then gave them the tawfiq of tawbah and Allah ta'ala forgave them. Their forgiveness has come endorsed in the Qur'an Sharif. So this was the end result of this great uh, thing that they did, that they spoke the truth. They did not try to hide something just to get away for the moment. They spoke the truth and this truth took them this to this extent that now their praises are coming in the Quran Sharif and their Tawbah is being endorsed by the Quran Sharif that they made sincere tawbah and Allah Ta'ala forgave them as well. So initially there might be some little bit mujahada, but that mujahada will bring great amount of mushahada. We will witness the great fazl of Allah Ta'ala in this dunya, and in the hereafter. So this was the first thing that he mentioned, Sidqul Hadith. being truthful, truthful in word, truthful in deed. That we deal with everybody with truthfulness and honesty also. Not that in front of somebody we are, the muallima, etc., we are very respectful, and behind the muallima's back we are now making ghibad, we are talking ill, or we are passing remarks, we are making fun, and be thinking we are getting away with it Allah forbid that then when the rope gets pulled it will leave us bewildered it will leave us totally wondering what happened, where this came from and as the common saying is that Allah Ta'ala doesn't come with a stick to hit Allah's azab comes sometimes in mysterious ways also Allah Ta'ala save us and protect us so this was the first thing he mentioned being truthful and being honest the second thing that waadail amana, Discharging the amanat. Amanat is a very broad concept. Amanat is something we have discussed previously as well. Amanat is everything that we have, what Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with, to the extent that every limb of our body is amanat, our eyes are amanat, our ears are amanat, our hands and feet are amanat, our tongue is an amanat, how are we using this amanat? Are we using it the way Allah Ta'ala is happy with? Are we using it in some other way? Our time is an amanat. What is this time being spent in? This time is to be spent in getting closer to Allah. Ta'ala. This is the purpose that we are here for. And this is the purpose we are in Madrasa for. Everything else is secondary. How can we get closer to Allah Ta'ala? That is why in the madrasah, this is the focus. On our dini ta'aleem and tarbiyat mainly. Everything else to the extent of basic necessity. We don't need to get into all high thing, high-flying things. We don't need to start learning all big, big things about rocket science. That's not required for us. We don't have to bother too much about too much of maths also. Basic things are enough. Because what is required is to get closer to Allah Ta'ala. The rest of it, others will do. We don't have to worry about it. Allah Ta'ala gave us this opportunity to become those who are acquiring the knowledge of deen primarily. And the rest of it, to the extent of necessity, some little bit is thought out of necessity, some little bit of uh, English, some little bit of maths, some little bit of maybe geography also, one to other subjects. These are there just to the extent of necessity. It's not something to Uh, want to now start looking at great heights in all these things and 2x plus 4y is equal to how many z's if we don't know that much, it's not serious but we must know what will make us beloved in the sight of Allah in terms of our words, in terms of our actions that is what is required of us so this is what we have to really pay attention to the Quran Sharif, this is what we have to pay attention to and learning the words of the Qur'an Sharif, bringing the lessons of the Qur'an Sharif in our life. Learning the words of the Hadith Sharif, bringing the lessons of the Hadith Sharif in our life. Bringing our life in accordance to the Messiah that we are learning, practicing upon it. So this is all part of that Amanat, that we use this time to get closer to Allah Ta'ala. So, Luqman Salahu mentioned the first thing, was truthfulness. And the second thing, amanat. Amanat, the word, our word is also amanat. We say something that is amanat. And subhanallah, the sahaba kiram they lived up to this amanat. And to what an extent they lived up to this amanat. Hazrat Muawiyah, he had a treaty, a pact, with the Romans, while he was the amir ul that up to a certain date there will be no war. There was a peace treaty signed with some Roman king. So, accordingly they did not do anything against that peace treaty, but now it was to a fixed period of time. For example, say the first of Ramadan, first of Rajab for example. So now, as the days came closer to the month of Rajab, Hazrat Muawiyah started building up his forces and his army started gathering them close to the border. They were well within the Islamic lands, the Muslim lands, but close to the border. And as soon as that date passed, now the first of Rajab came and went. So now the peace treaty is over. So immediately he gave the command and the army is now moved across into the Lands of the disbelievers into the Roman lands, and because they were unaware, they were not prepared. So the Muslims started just conquering place after place, and they went deep into enemy territory. As they are progressing further, one day they suddenly hear one, somebody on horseback shortly after they moved in. Somebody is racing for, towards them, and he's shouting, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, wafa'un la ghadrun, wafa'un la ghadrun saying, Allahu Akbar, be, uh, fulfill your pledge, your amanat, that is a trust, fulfill your pledge, don't deceive anybody. So they stopped, who is this person coming? Any case he comes closer, eventually he's a sahabi, Hazrat Amr ibn Abs So when he comes, he says, wafa'un la ghadrun, they don't deceive, fulfill your word, stick to your word. You've given somebody your word, you can't go against it. So they ask him, but what did we do wrong? We haven't done anything wrong. We did not commit any deception. We, all we did was that we gathered the army towards the border. But that was well in the Muslim lands. Only after the date passed, the treaty was now over. There was no more obligation on anybody. Now we moved into the enemy land. So what have we done wrong? So he then quoted a hadith of Rasulullah Wasallam, which meant that when a person has made a treaty with anybody, then he should not do anything against the spirit of that treaty. So he said to them that you did not cross the border, but you started already preparing for war. And you started already gathering the army close to the border. So this was against the spirit of that treaty. So therefore this was also wrong. Now, these were the sahaba Hazrat Muawiyah radiAllahu ta'ala was no ordinary person. He was a great Sahabi of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa He was a Katibe Wahi. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam had so much of confidence and trust in him that Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam appointed him as one of those people who were the scribes who used to write down the Wahi, the revelation, when it came upon Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. When some ayats were reve- when an ayat was revealed, then Nabi Sallallahu Wasallam would call one of those who used to be the Katibeen Wahi the scribes of wahi, Hazrat Zayd bin Sabit was one of the most notable people, among them was also Hazrat Muawiyah so sometimes he was available, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi would call him, he would write down the ayat, now what a tremendous responsibility this is, what a tremendous confidence Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi had in him, that Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi is commanding him to write down the wahi, so he was no ordinary person, and he was somebody who Nabi ﷺ made dua for him. Allahumma جْعَلْهُ هَادِيَمْ مَهْدِيَا وَهْدِي Ya Allah, make him somebody that is rightly guided. And make, make him somebody that guides others. And somebody that is rightly guided. And grant people hidayat by means of him. So this is no ordinary dua. This is a dua of Rasulullah for this great Sahabi Hazrat Muawiyah ta'ala an. Unfortunately some people they make it their mission in life to speak ill of the sahaba kiram we must understand that those who speak speak ill of the sahaba kiram nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam said idha الَّذِينَ ashabi faqulu اللَّهِ ala sharrikum when you hear anybody speaking ill of the sahaba then say to them curse them and say may the curse of allah be upon your mischief upon your evil that curse that wrong deed of theirs so this is how strongly Nabi Sallallahu is saying it. So Asad Muawiyah radi ta'ala when he hears this, he immediately gives his army the instruction that go back, return from this place. We have covered all this ground, but we have to return. We will not continue further because we have done something against the spirit of this treaty. Therefore we cannot remain here anymore. We must move away from here. And as a result, all this conquered land... All this uh, progress that they had made, the army was instructed to now give up all this and go back well within the Muslim border. And he said, thereafter we will do what we need to do, but now we will give all this up now because we did something against the spirit of the treaty. This is to what extent they were conscious of this. There was no way that they would go against the what Nabi Islam's instructions were. So now this was part of Amanat. And this is what Tukmai salat is saying that fulfilling the amanat, fulfilling the trust, not going against the trust in any way. Wuzu is an amanat. Our salah is an amanat. Weighing and measuring is an amanat. The words that we utter is an amanat. Are we using it to bring happiness to the heart of a mu'min or are we breaking the hearts of people? How we are speaking to them? How do we go about conducting ourselves? Are we speaking in a manner that we are speaking with respect? Are we speaking with, in a manner that brings happiness to somebody's heart? Are we being uh, very disrespectful, bold, saying things which are hurtful? So that is against the amanat of this word, of this tongue. So in any case, this was the second thing he mentioned. The first thing was truthfulness, the second amanat. And the last thing he mentioned وَتَرْكِي مَا لَا يَعْنِينِ And I gave up all futile things. One is, what is totally haram. Giving up what is totally haram, there is no question about it. That must be given up. That is haram. It will destroy a person. Haram has its consequences. Many a times we think, well, I did this, what's, what's wrong with it? I mean, what happened? Nothing happened. Everything is carrying on fine. But this is the same issue, that this is the respite from Allah Ta'ala. And we get deceived sometimes. We deceive ourselves. We deceive ourselves that that opportunity which was being given to us, that come back, make amends, make toba, repent, don't continue doing the wrong. We deceive ourselves to think that, no, this is just all fine, nothing goes wrong with me and we continue doing the wrong things, we get worse and deeper into the wrong things. So this is a major problem. So, one is giving up haram, that is obvious. There is no question about it. But together with that, those things that are totally futile, there is no benefit of deen, and no benefit of dunya in it also. And that is totally layani. That is futile. And many of these futile things, though it may not be sometimes, it may not be completely haram. But these futile things are often right on the border of haram. They may not be haram, but they are on the border of haram. And when something is on the border, it is very, very easy that a person may cross the border and move into haram. So to give up these futile things takes a person closer to Allah. Tarki Malaya anini, Giving up haram in the hadith sharif Nabi Islam says min husni islamil mar'i tarukum ma, ma ala that from the beauty of a person's Islam he is giving up futile things this is what beautifies his deen beautifies his iman that he gives up futile things now let us think within ourselves that phone, how many hours of our time it wastes in futile, futile activities how many times other things that we do, which are totally futile, and these futile things then start opening the doorway to haram. So this is the third thing that we have to be very conscious about: that we don't get involved in this futility. We stay far away from these futile things. We get closer to that which will bring us to Allah wa Taala. We start adopting these things that will take us to Allah wa Taala. So the things of truthfulness, of fulfilling amanat and giving up all these futile things, these are the lessons that Luqman salatu wasalam, gave us. He says that with the barkat of this, taking these things to its height, Allah Ta'ala blessed me with this rank, with this position. And this is not exclusive or reserved for me. This is something for every person, available for every person, which makes him come to the maqam of the Siddiqeen, the high rank of the Siddiqeen. This comes by adopting These amal, by bringing these sifat, these qualities within ourselves. This is what we have come to Madrasa for. To bring these qualities within us. This is what makes a person really beautiful. The qualities in a person. Unfortunately, nowadays, everything is artificial. Artificial beauty, which is the cosmetic beauty. But that cosmetic beauty, when a person opens a mouth and talks in a rude manner then all that cosmetic beauty, it all becomes ugly. Person doesn't want to look at that p- face anymore because he feels that this is an ugly person. Not because of the person's outward self, because of the ugly character. The ugly character, it uh, puts darkness over even the outward beauty. And beautiful character, it will outshine anything that is on the outside also. No matter what the outside might be, but beautiful character will make beauty shine out of that person. And it will endear that person to everybody because of beautiful character, beautiful akhlaq And otherwise, just trying to put cosmetic beauty on ourselves, that cosmetic beauty is futile. It is something that will not make a person worth anything more. There are certain Uh, permissible uses for it for the sake of the husband etc but otherwise this is all just an artificial thing and if the inside is rotten it's like that apple it might be shining from the outside but when a person just suddenly realizes that there is some problem inside here and he can see that inside it's rotten he doesn't want to touch it So it's still shining on the outside But he made out There's something that now gave out That this is rotten inside Some stains etc And now you can see the rot going right through Don't touch it Despite the outward shine Somebody takes it and shines it even more So he'll throw it even further away I don't want this, it's rotten from inside So what we have to develop is our akhlaq Develop our character Don't try to be Somebody that just uh, Is makes ourselves look smart from the outside and make ourselves look very good and very great from the outside. Let us make ourselves great inside. And that is by adopting the correct qualities, the sifat. This is what will take us forward. May Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala grant us a tawfiq of bringing all these qualities in our lives and make us His two servants. اللهم لا نحصي ثناء عليك انت كما اثنيت على نفسك جز الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو اهل ربنا ولمنا انفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من, من الخاسرين رب اغفر وارحم وأعف وتكرم وتجاوز عما تعلم انك انت العز الاكرم اللهم انا نسالك من خير ما سالك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم انت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة الا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد واله وصحبه اجمعين والحمد لله رب العالمين